But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, something that I just did, did, did a Free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. That's right. According to Brett Walsh, this is the 9x9. Nine nine. It's episode 75. It is June 29th, 2023. It is week three of the Women's Volleyball Nations League. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Everett, there's three days left, and it is as spicy in the women's VNL as it could possibly be. Uh, day three of matches. So, uh, yeah, I guess all of Thursday's matches are over as of about 20 minutes ago. It's and, done. And there is a lot to talk about. Holy goodness. Uh, including yeah. both of our teams uh, providing some big-time storylines. Let's jump into it. Where would you like to start? I, Rob, I think we need to start with your United States of America. Of America. Not only taking the number one seed with a massive win over Poland. You have Poland and Bulgaria there. We don't need to talk about Bulgaria whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> they, they're they an absolutely gimme win. But that win versus Poland was absolutely massive too to start things off. A five-setter to kick off week number three. Poland's the only other team uh, up there at the top of the standings. They took control of sole, place, sole position of first place with that win. And with my team Canada's upset win over Brazil, just earlier today, they are now the number one ranked team in the world. Rob, we saw this last year with the USA. We saw them run through the group stage, get that first place, get that number one seed. Uh, I mean, last year, I guess it was the number two seed because Turkey was hosting and, and they eventually got the, the number one seed. But they were the best team throughout the group stage and then lost in the first round to Serbia. What's our feeling on Team USA for this year and, and how things are uh, unfolding for them in the 2023 VNL? Honestly, it's pretty similar, but I but in a good way. I mean, you you can't you can't argue with dominating the regular season of the VNL and being the best team in the tournament and now apparently in the world according to the world rankings like that. That is great, and that's something that I expect from the US is to be consistently good and always have a chance against any team in the world no matter who we play. I think the the bonus really was going 4 and 0 week 1 with the B team. That was or maybe maybe it was three and one and then four and a week two, which whichever uh, that was, that was a very pleasant surprise, but uh, to be a team like Poland, who's playing like one of the best teams in the world and to do it with a whole lot of rotating cast of characters and find different ways to win and fight off a couple match points there in, uh, in late in overtime there in the fifth. I mean, we, we had some match points of our own there in the fourth, but this is a sick match. It was just really fun, really entertaining, really balanced against a very good Polish team. And there's a lot to feel good about here. I mean, what, what, 16 14 in the fifth, uh, 20 points from both Kelsey Robinson and Andy Drews. Andy Drews coming off the bench to contribute that much. Um, none, none of the numbers, honestly, are all that good from either team. It's pretty close in just about every area. One that I do like is we only made seven service errors in five sets. That's big. That's big. With four Especially. aces compared to Poland's 16. I think we might have gotten them uh, on, on that there alone. But this is just scrapping, finding weird ways to win a match against a good opponent. And Poland's really good. And uh, Kelsey, this is the best I've seen Kelsey Robinson play in a long time. I mean, she had the match-winning kill in the fifth and was hugely clutched down the stretch. I think she had the kill to win the fourth set in overtime as well. So 
or no, had a, a, some chances to win the fourth set in overtime, got us two overtime in the fourth. So um, good performance. I'm happy about this. And then less than 24 hours later, we took care of Bulgaria. No problem in a three dong, as everyone would expect. So uh, all good stuff. We are in position to be the number one seed going into Texas because this year, uh, even though we're hosting, we don't get gifted the one seed like last year. Uh, we're we're going to have to earn it, and it looks like that we will. And we're going to go into Texas at home with a great chance to win this tournament, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it was uh, a loss to Japan in week two. The year guys' only uh, loss, yeah, which, that's is, which is understandable why you uh, why you didn't get to, get to watch that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, United States are looking really, really good. We still haven't really seen like I don't. If someone asked me today, like, what does the best? Like, I know what it is on paper. I guess I don't know what it is on paper. Even then, you know, like it's really all over the place. I mean, Jordan Thompson started this one. She looked very, very average. You had your girl Danny Drews coming in uh, on the right side, and she looked fantastic. Uh, finished the match here with with twenty points, and was. Okay, not the most efficient, only 19%, but still did did pretty well. But at the end of the day, this Polish team is as almost as good as it's pretty much as good as it gets right now in, yep. in Vienna. And they're looking very, very good. Stiziak continues to be just an absolute monster. She was 24 for 50 in this one with 28 points. But it just kind of goes to show that I think we said it last year. The USA is hands down the best team in the world right team with a capital t and i mean you might as well capitalize all the rest of the letters as well because they work together as unison you mentioned going four and oh in week one with that b team that's just Karch's system that permeates down right you have that trickle down effect from athlete one through 40 uh within that roster and it's been really really fantastic to see but it's going to be interesting to see what this team brings um to uh to arlington right there's no doubt they're going to arlington they're the number one seed right now they will most likely be the number one seed um and what will that uh what will what will come up against them at this point in time rob if everything were to stay the same and if we were to start the finals right now it would be you versus me uh in in the first <laughs> round in in the quarterfinals that would um, be electric that uh, they, i mean it, it would be awesome um i i would love that um just 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 for the just for the sake of it but yeah right now there's no doubt in my mind that the usa are looking like the top team in the world however we did see them looking like the being in this exact same position last year heading into it they had to play serbia in that first round um and ended up uh, ultimately losing to them but that's still technically on the table right serbia is still still be serbia is still in that race uh to 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 finish eighth but at the end of the day, great job by United States of America. Anything else to add here? Anyone else you want to uh, give a shout out to or pinpoint a good performance from the USA? Um, Micah Hancock, for sure. I think she's done an awesome job setting this team the entire tournament. She's been kind of the one constant in the roster. And uh, it, I, I agree with your take that I have honestly no idea who our starting seven actually is. Other than other than Justine Longarante, she is a lock. Other than that, uh, I mean, when we get Chaco Bogu back, we can assume it's going to be her and Haley Washington. But Dana Redke was actually really good in the Poland game, which was great to see. But both opposites, all four outside hitters, at least that are here this week, plus I think Khalil Lanier is a really valuable option as a fifth outside hitter if we have room on the roster for her. Like, there are so many players on this U.S. team who can contribute. And that actually kind of makes Karch's job really hard. Uh, like way hard. It's way similar. Hard. It's similar to Nikola Gerbich's problem on the men's side for Poland. Like, yeah. what does the best 
combination of American players when it comes to a playoff game? What does that actually look like? I don't know the answer right now. Uh, so that's something that I'm interested to see. But um, I mean, like you said, we are the best, definitely the best top to bottom system team in the world. I don't really think it's close. I also think we're the, we're the best mentally and strategically prepared team in the world. I think we, did, we do an incredible job of mental preparation and of scouting and executing, executing of game plans. I, I really like the way we do that. But kind of like we did, we said in our draft yesterday, right, which everyone should go watch me absolutely stomp on you in our women's Honestly, bro, draft. bro, I was watching it back last night, and I'm so mad. Like, and I my, just my ran brain, circles around you. My brain was just not working. And you can see it many yeah, times clearly. when I'm just looking at my notes and being like, uh, I I drank way too many, way too much at the doors the night before. Um, so yeah, I I we we might have to have a rematch when it comes to like Olympic qualifiers or something because that one that honestly pisses me off that I did not show up. Uh, few, <laughs> a, a, a few uh, like you you talked about. Um, I forget one of my questions, but uh, most notably, are we int- are we not worried, but are you surprised that we haven't seen Lauren Carlini as much? Because there was a time last year when it kind of looked like she was going to be taking that number two spot um, behind Coulter, Coulter, sorry, and now it's been me, Micah Hancock all throughout this tournament. Yeah, I mean, Carlini hasn't even been on the roster until this week, and uh, did we see her in the Bulgaria game? Let me let me see about this. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch this the Bulgaria game because it was no, a no. three in the morning, and why would you bother? Yeah, so Carlini started against Bulgaria, and okay. that's no surprise. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea what the answer is, et, et cetera, right now. But Micah Hancock has had a good tournament, and that's kind of the only fact that we know for sure right now. Yeah, USA, number definitely the number one team in the world. But hard to pin, pinpoint who their best player is. They play a different style than pretty much everyone else in the world right now, right? Yep. U, USA style is 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 very very one way all right rob um we mentioned it a little bit earlier but i'm feeling pretty damn good after waking up and watching my team canada take down brazil in five this morning it was an exciting match to be honest and i think most most of the the discord agrees with me here i think canada outplayed brazil here i think i think it's too bad that we didn't get out in four sets we had the lead in the fourth and i mean hey i was getting flashbacks to the poland match to, to where earlier in the in the vnl where we dominated the first three sets we were do- not dominated but we we were winning through the first three up up a lot in the fourth uh and then poland came back to win that one in five it was a lot the same with this one but canada's blocking really really came through we fought off like a three-point deficit in the fifth and to me this was hands down the most complete game that we've seen remember that that game against um poland alexa gray was just an absolute monster in this one and in that one but this one canada with multiple players in double digits obviously alexa gray leading the way she was fantastic 22 uh for 52 she passed the ball rob how many times do you think she passed the ball over 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 under 60 Wait a minute. I, I just looked at the number and I saw the answer. I've never seen a number like this. 70, 71 targets. That's 71 insanity. targets. Only one error. This is a big 
F you to everyone in the Discord. who's like, oh, it looks a great, it looks a great can't pass. It looks a great can't pass. No, she can just pa- get targeted 71 times in one match to a tune of 51% positive and 23% perfect. That is a fantastic passing uh, performance there by Canada overall. That is um, the nuttiest stat line I've ever seen. Yeah. 71 passing attempts, huge, 15 for Casey Jose, who started at Libera, and then 15 combined for the other outside hitter position. Yeah. That is absolutely bananas. That's hey. 70% of their targets. That's Brazil crazy. had a game plan. Brazil yes, had a did. game plan, and they couldn't execute. They well, couldn't then, get the job done because Alexa Gray was too damn good. That is uh, so, so impressive. Yeah. Alexa, 25 points. Like that, that is remarkable. That su- such like mental fortitude to know that you're gonna get ruthlessly targeted like that and be willing to take it and embrace it and do what your team needs you to do. That is a warrior performance. Yeah. Not to mention that's only that's not the the big area. Like Canada's blocking was phenomenal in this one three or four big big blocks in that fifth set to really push us through 20 20 blocks as a team uh overall this one emily maglio eight emily maglio eight blocks huge uh rob doesn't care about this but i do 16 block touches i think that's that's big as well just 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 slowing uh slowing that brazilian defense down and you know what? Yes, I don't think Brazil played their best game ever, especially when you look at Gabi's numbers out here. 19 for 62, only 10% efficiency. That is not good from one of the players who we think is probably the best, one of the best in the world. But she hasn't really been playing this VNL, so she's still get, getting back into that. That is a little bit understandable, but still. I think um, Canada gets the credit for that. I, th- oh, I think I think Canada 100%. gets the credit for pressuring her block like dedicating a lot of blocking resources to her like really putting her under pressure and that is i I think canada gets the credit for gabby's poor numbers honestly i think emily maglio much to the same way and and rob you're gonna you're gonna like this but much the same way that um graham viagras was low-key a top 10 blocker during his heyday where he was maybe a little bit undersized maybe a little bit uh you know not as heralded i think emily maglio is in that same realm where she could be on her her day, she can be up there in the the, the top ten blockers, uh, and she showed it consistently. She's been consistently one of our best players. But I was really really impressed by Jasmine White. I know that when she first started in this VNL, she came off the bench and instead of in the place of Lane Van Buskirk. Uh, you especially was you were not too impressed by Jasmine White. Offensively, was she was she was fantastic in, in this one. More, especially later on in this match, that slide that they are running with her um, to the back was 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 really really clicking. But overall, twenty five points for Gray, eighteen for Kira Van Rijk, twelve for uh, Jasmine White, uh, and thirteen for Emily Maglio. So also saw uh, uh, Andrea Mitrovic come off the bench and go eight for twenty four as well in place of Hillary Howe. So just all in all, a fantastic team win. And I'm in, like. Right now, we're currently sitting in that eighth spot. That that win brought us level to Italy. Italy has one game at hand uh, with us. We do have to play Italy next. There's, there's a big breakdown. But for me, I'm just looking at it. And earlier in the tournament, I was disappointed with a loss to Thailand. Thailand, now, that's only one of their two wins. Um, that that <laughs> was, yeah, right? There's no way we should have been three-donged by Thailand. That's one that, looking back at, if we were six and four right now instead of five and five, and on top of that, that that five set heartbreaking loss to Dominican Republic, which was a little bit better, but still a hard one. Those are two winnable games for me. And if we had taken care of business with both of those two games, Canada's sitting not only in the playoffs, but solidly in the playoffs with the seven three record right now. So it's 
it's been interesting, but really, really love to see the growth that Team Canada has brought so far throughout this 2023 VNL. Yeah, I, th I think my my note there on the asset is pretty fair. I think this is a program-defining win for Canada. I really think it is. Brazil is Brazil. as we They were the said. number one team in the world they going were. into this match. That's, so that is big-time world ranking points. It's just like more of a, of a confidence-building thing for, for Canada and such validation to to prove that they can beat a team of Brazil's caliber. And when they play their best and most complete volleyball, they can produce results like this. And I, I'm very impressed. Happy for your girls. Now, the, the playoff picture, which we'll talk about in a minute, is, it could not be more more tight. It's, it's going to be absolutely insane. We will talk about it in a minute, but I think we also can segue to our next headline because Canada's first win this week was a three-dong over Croatia. And Croatia now needs an absolute miracle with two matches left to avoid. Say it out. It's not going to happen. I agree. I, I think it's, it's not, not going to happen. I think Croatia is done. I think that they are going to be a one and done in the VNL. They've brought their, their two best players to week three, and I don't think it's going to be enough. It looks very much right now like Croatia is going to get relegated. They did get three dong by the Netherlands overnight as well. In a, like in a bad fashion. Yeah, not good. Like, what was it 19, 11, and 11? Ouch. Just absolutely dismantled. Croatia has to play Italy and Turkey uh, to, to, to close it out. Ouch. Italy, as we mentioned, is in the middle of that uh, relegation battle. But to me, this has to go all the way back. We have to go all the way back to Croatia's first loss against Bulgaria, uh, where they lost 3-0. And that, that's really when they lost it. Right, yep. all the way back to that first match of the VNL. That's when they lost it because everyone's going to beat Korea because Korea is absolute garbage. Um, but after that, like this team doesn't have enough firepower to even pull out like an upset win right now. Um, so yeah, this is uh, a, a tough look for Croatia. You knew it was going to be ugly when they came like last year at the World Championships. That's when you kind of got the idea. Yeah, this was not going to be great for this Croatian team. Uh, just how they got dismantled. I mean, they lost to Korea at the World Championship. Yeah, I think they went 0-5 in and pools yeah. and lost to Korea. That after, after winning the Challenger Cup like a month before, that is that was really not a good sign. Yeah, so Belgium right now is is probably looking at this and kicking themselves. Yeah. Uh, because well, Belgium's only... kicking themselves for a lot of reasons. <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, Belgium right now, like they could have still been in this tournament and and a viable team uh and in fact even though everything's going on they're still ahead of canada somehow uh in those world rankings that lost to thailand really really hurt canada uh in the world rankings lost 10 points there gained 12 today but lost 10 against against thailand so um yeah croatia nice to have you but you guys are going back to the vcc's it, it um, very much looks that way i think let, let's let's take a let's take a look at the relegation picture because i think it is pretty clear uh, so five challenger teams, Poland, obviously not even in this conversation. They're, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to have a chance to win this tournament. Um, Canada and Dominican Republic, even they have absolutely no chance to get relegated. Canada has got a decent chance to make the playoffs. Well, maybe we'll talk about that in a second. But take a look at Bulgaria and Croatia, both of them two and eight. But Bulgaria with those two extra points, Croatia needs at least two, maybe even three points in their next two matches to break that tie. And uh, both Bulgaria and Croatia have two hard matches remaining. Bulgaria's got Poland and Serbia. Croatia's got Italy and Turkey. I think those are all four of those matches are three dongs. And I think this picture is going to stay exactly how it is. I think it's Croatia. I think they're done. I think they're going back to the Challenger Cup. And they're probably going to have to beat 
probably Sweden as it looks right now uh, to have a chance to play next year's VNL. But I, I, I think this picture is pretty clear. Yeah, I'm just trying to see who Croatia. Oh, they got to win over Thailand. And yeah, they they Thailand. beat they beat Thailand and they beat Korea. Thailand has been has been rough. But I, I agree. Bad. Like once again, I'm. This is why. Like back back when we lost to Thailand, I remember you were just like, oh, you know, like that's that they're kind of fifty fifty. Like now, like I like and and even to me, it was like, okay, you know, Thailand's pretty good. Now I change my tune even more yeah. on that. Like Thailand's not good right now. Like just just getting three donged all over the place at home, the way they got three donged by the Netherlands, uh, was was really not that great. But uh, yeah, just just a tough break for for Croatia. But I am excited with the prospect of potentially seeing Isabel Hawk in this tournament. I would much rather see Isabel Hawk in this tournament than Croatia without their two best players. I, I think that yeah. would be that would be better for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, from the relegation race that is pretty much done to an exciting playoff race uh, for that last spot, as we're seeing, there's six different teams, all with potential of either being in or out of the playoffs. To me, both China and Japan are pretty safe. I agree. They're they're sitting at six and three. Um, Each of them has at least one easy game left to go. China has to play Korea. Even if they go one and two, I think they're fine. Um, Japan has to play Thailand. Even if they go one and two, they're fine. To me, it's that race between Canada, Italy, Netherlands, and Serbia. Now, for my Canadian girls, we have our future in our own hands. You have two. We have two games less left. Italy and Netherlands. Both of them need to be won. Both yes. of them need to yes. be won. If we do not beat Italy tomorrow, it doesn't happen because Italy does have a game at hand against uh, against us. And, and they get to play Croatia. And they get to play Croatia. Exactly. If they play Croatia, if when they beat Croatia, which 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 they will, um, they would you know going to be even with five and five us uh, with us. So tomorrow is the big game uh, against Italy to really determine who's going to get that eighth spot. Yeah, I think right now it, it's the, this spot either belongs to the winner of Canada versus Italy or the dark horse is Serbia coming out of 11th right now because they've got a match at hand and it, it, there's a great chance that they go 3-0 the rest of the week. If there's a, there's a great chance that, that this comes down to the point. Now, now, Germany is good and we can talk about them in a minute, but uh, I agree with you. I think China and Japan are in. I think if you get to seven wins, you're in. And yes. China and Japan both absolutely will get to seven wins because, like you said, they have Korea and Thailand respectively. That that's that's easy. I also think that Netherlands has basically no chance. No, they're 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 in the picture right now because they they're uh, they're hovering there in points, but they only have four wins. And they the max they can the max they can get to is six. Exactly. Yeah. So the most they can get to in six. Uh, I, I agree. I think that there's no chance for the Netherlands, and I think that actually helps Canada because if Canada beats Italy then that very last match against the Netherlands probably won't matter for the Netherlands. And so uh, I think that, that Canada will, would be favored in that very last match. And I agree with you, Canada versus Italy, that's going to be the thing. So if somehow Canada can get two wins and six points, they will get to 21. They'll, they'll have seven points and sorry, seven wins and 21 points. Then it comes down to Serbia because Serbia has three games left to play. They're at 13 points. If Serbia goes 3-0 and with nine points, if, if, if they go perfect, then they would jump over Canada's maximum point output by one. Serbia could get to 22 points, maybe. And I think that's what it's going to come down to, is can Serbia 
take nine points in their last three games. I think their their hardest opponent by far is Germany. Yes, and I, they'll they should beat the Dominican Republic, and they absolutely will beat Bulgaria. They'll get three points there, no problem. I think that's the race. It's it's Italy versus Canada tomorrow, and then can Serbia run the table the rest of the way to get to win the tiebreaker on points? I think honestly, I think that the the win against Germany is is going to be the toughest one. Definitely. Uh, uh, I mean. Germany's been fantastic. They're seven and three so far in this tournament. They just took Poland to five earlier today. Now they have to bounce back and do it uh, against Serbia. Serbia does have that benefit of having the day off leading into this match against Germany. Um, but uh, ultimately, like Serbia has to play three. I guess they do finish off against Bulgaria, so they have to play two tough matches in a row. And Dominican won't be easy, right? No. The, the, the Dominican just based off of pride will not be an easy matchup and that's a powerful team who's gonna who's gonna be coming at the Serbians. But you're right. There there is a, a world here where Serbia does run the table and but they, they need to get all nine points. Otherwise otherwise it's done. No no five setters here and in, in either way. As soon as they go five they're done. They probably probably need need nine points. I mean if they get eight, if if they get to twenty one points and they tie with Canada, I have no idea how the tiebreakers would work in that case. But uh, the chat's bringing I, up I, a good point. I, like we got to, I should have really included Germany in this picture as well because they they're already at seven wins. I, I didn't include the teams that are already at seven wins, but they've only got two matches left, and it's against Serbia and the USA. And Germany only has twenty points, so it is theoretically possible for Germany to go if if Germany goes 0 and 2 they don't get any points and the wrong things happen underneath them Germany could get leapfrogged and finish outside the playoffs that's possible I wouldn't say it's likely I, th- I think Germany will get at least a point maybe two in, in those two matches against Serbia and the US because uh, I think that Germany is good but, but that's why I didn't really include them in this picture but it, it is mathematically possible still for Germany to miss the playoffs I just don't think it's likely what about Turkey what's what's Turkey's uh Situation. They're, like they're right seven now. and three with twenty-three points after the three-zero win over Thailand oh, earlier. Okay, they're yeah. in. They're in. Sorry, my my standings page just hadn't been refreshed since uh, since Turkey won like twenty-five minutes ago. Yeah, I guess a little bit longer now, but but still, yeah. This this race is definitely uh, a tight race. Basically, any team from eleven to five could be in or out. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah, the only teams that are really safe are the U.S., Poland, Turkey, and probably Brazil. Yeah, uh, Brazil's got the the one point lead on Germany and an easier schedule the rest of the way. But uh, it's this this is crazy. This is as good of a playoff race as we could ask for. Now, looking at this right now, Rob, um, what are we looking at with potential quarterfinals? And you, as as the number one seed, who would you like to see? in in that first round uh honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't like to see anybody <laughs> uh i, I think oh, that give you the trophy eh? well no i like <laughs> these teams that are going to be fighting really really hard to make the playoffs are kind of going to be the hardest teams to play in that first round like if 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 canada fights really hard and gets in tough matchup if serbia fights really hard and gets in that is the reigning world champions who just messed around the first week and are, are trying to rescue things. I, I'm absolutely, I would much rather play Canada than Serbia. That is, that is for sure. But uh, I also feel good about the matchups against both China and Japan. I know we lost to Japan, but uh, we played a B team. I think if, if we got either of those teams again, uh, I like, I would like that matchup. No problem. So honestly, if the U S were to drop to the two seed, 
I would kind of like that better. Really? I, I would kind of like that better. We would then have, uh, I mean, obviously we're playing at home no matter what. So I, I just, I would like our matchups a little bit better. We would get, uh, we would get probably China or Japan in the first round. You lost of, Japan. Japan's I, the only I loss you guys just have. said we played our B team against Japan and I, I like our chances against them. If we play them again, yeah, the only thing that we would, we would get the three seed in the second round instead of the four and the three seed right now is Turkey and the four is Brazil. I would also rather play Turkey than Brazil, even though we kind of own both of those teams. So uh, if, if the U S were to drop the two seed, that would be okay. Like if in, if in our last match of the tournament, we played our bench against Germany, I would be totally okay with that. It, it does kind of feel like the Stanley Cup playoffs where all you need to do is make the playoffs and then we're going to figure it out from there. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I, I, I don't look into the matchups that much because rosters can and will change and just they're, they're, there's so much chaos and it's single elimination from there on out. And uh, it's, it's difficult to project because of how tight the playoff race is. So whether the USA finishes one or two, I'm okay with it any way it goes. Fair enough. And how do you how do you feel with your your potential of of winning this tournament? Do you think we have the potential of seeing a USA USA double podium and and double gold medal for men and women? Oh God, that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. I, I, that would that would make me so happy after a, like after. I mean, I had the take that after the U.S. women won the Olympics two years ago, that we were about to start seeing a dynasty from them. And then last summer we won nothing whatsoever. And uh, made me look like a fool so if we rebounded to win not only the women's vnl but also the men's vnl where the u.s men have looked like clearly the best team in the tournament oh boy yeah if we could figure it out and win both of those tournaments that would be really really big for american volleyball and i would go on a, a gloating tour the likes of which have rarely been seen so yeah we might we might have to end this show because <laughs> i could not i could not deal with your ego if, if that was ha- happening doubly although you know on the flip side we have tra- traditionally seen the usa especially on the women's side just dominate through the group stage and i as i said before every team wants to beat the u.s Right. Every single team right. wants to um, wants to beat the U.S., especially in those playoff situations. So it just takes one time for a team to play one percent better, right? And I when when I'm looking oh, back, breaking at, news: everybody wants to win playoff matches. Nice insight there, buddy. No, but like it, it, even more <laughs> against the U.S. And we know this. Like like teams will pull out great wins against the U.S. So that's that's where I'm I'm interesting interesting to interested to see how that uh unfolds especially especially if serbia makes it in but as you know i'm hope not hoping for serbia right now i'm focused on my team canada girls because uh i believe they can do it but right now i'm just kicking myself not kicking myself but i'm sure they're kicking themselves for the losses against thailand and dominican republic because that would have been made a huge difference um uh for for this this outlook uh uh for their outlook towards the rest of this tournament Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be nuts. <laughs> this, this is nuts. This is maybe the best VNL playoff race in the tournament's history, at least in, in my in my memory off the top of my head. It, it's going to be a great uh, last three days. Unfortunately, they're all matches are at like three in the morning, so it's going to be hard to watch them in North America. Yeah, absolutely. What does the schedule look like? Or actually, before before we do that, let's go back and recap some of the matches we've seen uh, throughout this tournament. Or what I think we should do before yeah. that is uh, we should tell the people about two very important things. And the first absolutely, is absolutely first and foremost, you want to go check out that volleyball dot store. Uh, it's where all the home of all of our merch. I was sending Rob some mock-ups for some new potential merch. When was that? Yesterday. Oh yeah. 
the day before. Um, so make sure to head over to that volleyball.store. Use the code SPICY for 15% off of your entire order. That's just a good way to support us and look good at the same time. So we want to see more uh, spicy volleyballs out there in the world, especially if you're in Arlington. Or if first and foremost, if you're in, in Anaheim next week for the men, True. we want to see some spicy volleyballs there. And if you're in Arlington for the women in a couple weeks, a few weeks' time as well, we'd love to see some spicy volleyballs there as well. So head over to that store and use the code SPICY for 15% off all that good, good stuff. My particular favorite is that green crew neck uh, that my, girl, my lovely girlfriend stole from me <laughs> a few weeks back and forgot it at one of her friends' house. Oh, rough. Like, yes, her friends will like send me like selfies of, of her taking of of them wearing it, and I'm like, guys, come on, come on. Yeah, but, you yeah. got to get that back. Best best looking logo in volleyball, right there. And speaking exactly. of the speaking of the spicy volleyball logo, there's fun news in the volleyball source universe. That's that we have a new Instagram account that you should really go and follow. Yes. It is at spicy Veebs, at spicy v e e b z. It is our it is our Ed. dumb volleyball meme account uh, curated by our very own Bassy Lassie from the Discord. Uh, the Discord memes are, yeah, there it is, spicy Veebs. There it is. Uh, go give that a follow. It's it's already been downright hilarious. Uh, some of the memes that come out of the Volleyball Source Discord, which you should also go join, links in the description, are are just tremendous. And it's exactly uh, one of the many things that the sport of volleyball needs. So. Um, is I will, comedic relief. Go give that a follow. It's great, and it's only going to get. Funny. I will add a little bit of disclaimer though. If you drop memes in the Discord, we do assume that like that's our right to post it on that page. We will give you credit, right? You know whether whether it's your your own Instagram account or or you know just tagging your Discord name. But as soon as you drop a meme or a GIF or anything funny in the Discord, it has potential to be used. So uh, that's true. If you don't want it to be used for any reason, let us know. But uh, yeah, we, we put that put that out there as soon as we announced the new account to the Discord is that we will we will harvest the Discord's funny stuff. And if you don't want us to do that, let us know. But uh, it's already been very funny. And our, our guy Bassy Lassie is a very funny guy and has come up with a bunch of his own content already. So give at Spicy Veebs a follow. Um, excited to see where that account goes. And but finally, uh, finally, one one the most really the most important important thing really what most people are here for is it's another episode of where's daddy i mean it's not just another episode this entire episode is an episode of where's daddy it's like where's carmen san diego or where's waldo just more way more fun so rob first and foremost where was daddy last week actually i don't even know where it was i don't think that's right yeah I, I, you didn't I even tell me on on monday where I, where daddy was i don't think we talked about it so uh that that is amazing because now everett gets to gets to see where daddy was here uh, this is this is amazing so daddy stankovic this this beautiful beautiful gentleman right here is hidden somewhere in in our in each of our episodes and when you find him uh you get to comment where he is on the main youtube comment section of the show and if you do that first you get a shout out on the next week's show so daddy stankovic uh, i always have a very good time hiding daddy stankovic different places uh, I got a little creative with this last one. This is the relegation oh, race graphic dang. from last show. <laughs> if you look over to the right side of the screen there, uh, taking over the crest of his native Serbian flag, kind of like that, is none other than Daddy Stankovic. <laughs> so I liked this one. I wanted to do something a little different than just hiding him on somebody's face. So uh, 
Yeah, I put daddy over the crest in the Serbian flag. Uh, several people noticed uh, the first one was, was this guy Blaze of Glory was the first one to comment where Daddy Stockwich was. A newbie. Congratulations. Uh, several people were, were right behind him, uh, found him right away. One of my favorite comment was just Daddy Serbia. <laughs> daddy Serbia. <laughs> it didn't elaborate past that. They just said Daddy Serbia. I really liked that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, here's here's Daddy Stokovic from last episode, but he is hidden somewhere in this episode as well. Maybe he's already shown up. Maybe he will show up in the second half of the show. I'm not going to tell you, but when you find him, uh, comment where he is on the main YouTube comments. Not the, not the live stream comments, but the main YouTube comments after the show is over. And if you do that first, you get a shout out on next week's show. Do it up. Do it up. I mean, just look at him. Come. Just look at how beautiful he is. One no. day he's. we're going to get like a cease and desist order from, uh, <laughs> from, from, from Italy. His daddy being like, what is going on here, guys? <laughs> This has just grown into it's something. It honestly, maybe shouldn't have been. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't disagree more. I think uh, da- Daddy is Daddy, and if if he finds out about the segment, he'll be about it because because that's just who he is. Oh, also, Rob uh, Dan Manili says hi. Oh, really? Uh, I, I saw it was Dan's Dan's thirtieth birthday. I think yesterday, maybe. So, uh, Dan, th- th- great to hear from you. Welcome back from the dead. Uh, come talk about some volleyball with us sometime. He did say to me, "Wait, wait, wait, where, where, where is it here?" He's, he's just like, "Oh, I'm really busy, but also a little sad. I'm not uh, good, busy, but pissed. My volleyball knowledge isn't up to to the usual standards, so hmm. I, I don't even know how much use he would be to us at the moment. That's it, a good other, point. Other, other than c- c- comedic relief. <laughs> Great point. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up the show with talking about the matches that already happened. Let's go back to the beginning of the week." First night, honestly, not very much to talk about here. Germany beat the Dominican Republic. Korea won another set. Korea won a set. Great job. Thanks for participating. But we knew Bulgaria was going to win that match. And uh, for that reason, they've rescued themselves for the moment from relegation. Thailand got three-donged at home by the Netherlands. There are a couple things I want to talk about here. The first is is just, uh, once again, how bad Korea is. We've got to do something about this. We've really got to do something about this. There, there have been several people with, with some good ideas about what actually should happen to Korea, Korea for being so bad. One is that the, the, if, if you have a core team that finishes dead last, they should become a challenger team the following year. I like that. I like that I idea, like that. too. Uh, for, but, the, for the next season. I, 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 do, I do really like that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. But we've got to remember really what, why core teams are core teams at the end of the day, and that's because they have money. As you can see, Korea is hosting, and they're going to win two sets this entire tournament. It is absolutely embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It is a bad product for volleyball. And similarly, the other point I wanted to make is that Thailand is just not good. Like, what happened there? And it was kind of the same thing last year. Like they they started good. They had a good week one. They were playing decent volleyball. Maybe it's that everyone scouted them and figured them out. Maybe it's because they. I think it is. Maybe it's they ran out of gas because they really only have seven players. But Thailand has been downright bad since the the, the beginning of week two. They've gone zero and six and have barely won any sets. Yeah, I mean, I think it's for me. It's it's two things within Thailand. But a they just don't have that many players. Right. Um, and that that's twofold a they're they're getting tired but b um everyone knows them right they're not bringing anything new to the table they've everyone scouts them everyone knows how they play and at a certain point just being a tough team to play against isn't enough 
you have to bring something else to the table. Uh, and I also feel just that they just haven't been as crisp. I think partly due to it is that it's already been a long season for them. They already played the, the C games, the Southeast Asia games earlier in the year with their full A team. Great so everyone else, you know, they're coming back from, from their, 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 their club seasons. And yes, it's been long, but you get that rejuvenation of being back with your national team and stuff like that. Thailand, you don't have that. Right. So I wonder almost if there's they're viewing this VNL as secondary to the C games and as secondary to the the eight to the Olympic qualifiers and the ABC championships that we're gonna see a little bit long longer in the year because they just really don't look that good right now. Even in this last match against Turkey today, um, they had a little bit of life there in the third. Um, and then Turkey just kind of took over completely. But yeah, Thailand just just not really good and they're gonna need to change something, right? I don't know if we're gonna we're really gonna see them get back to that level that we've seen them in the past ever again without getting some sort of injection of of talent into their roster. Right? And obviously, I'm completely oblivious to what kind of developmental system they have coming through the system. Um, but I I really just don't see it. I I think that's a, that's a very good summary, and I'll I'll take it one step further than that. Thailand is what is this their third VNL? I think their first one was the bubble year. And... No, they they've been in since the beginning. Really? Yeah, they, they they were host they they hosted two weeks of VNL back in, in 2018. Oh wow! Then, I know yeah. because we had a stooge in in the Discord telling us that they made a, over a million dollars US profit. Yeah, that's not even not even not a, not a chance. chance. Not a chance. But, but I could I, see them I, making a revenue because they did do two weeks. But yeah, no, they've been, they've been in there since the beginning of the VNL. Okay, well, I think the Thailand they kind of seem like they're content with their spot in, in, in global volleyball right now. And I don't like it when teams do that. I, I don't like it when, when a team is just happy participating and even like Thailand's on court demeanor. I think they're all a little bit too happy to be there. And I don't, I don't like the way that they handle losing. It doesn't look like losing affects them very much. And that bothers me. I think I that's a little bit more cultural. I, th- I think I, I think that's more cultural than than like than you know just them being happy to be there. I think that's just the, how they are as a people and and as a culture, well, and, maybe, and, and how they are as as individuals. You know, maybe it is, but maybe it's just my culture. You shouldn't be okay with losing. You shouldn't be okay. You shouldn't be okay with getting three donged at that home. Is definitively, that is the well, yeah. is American culture through and through. And losing is not okay. No, it's not. And you, Everett, you shouldn't be okay with getting three donged at home. Nobody, nobody should be okay with getting three donged at home. That, that's that's not good. That, that that should not feel good. And you should not have have the, your smiling faces on after that happens to you. And I mean, you've spent time with me after getting three donged at home. You know. sure have. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not comfortable getting three donged at home. I'm not comfortable losing at home. In in any way, shape, or form, and we've done a lot of losing at home in the past couple of years of the VNL, and it hurts. <laughs> it hurts, okay? So you, you don't put me on blast like that. But I'm just saying, I just think um, that that that's the Thai culture and and how they are as a people, and how this is this this is this is part of their core identity. You know that they're always going to be happy and they're always going to be uh respectful at, at, at the very least yeah um, now their fan base is amazing the numbers that they've been doing in bangkok have been incredible that that's that's great uh and yeah paul good point like they maybe behind closed doors things are different uh yeah maybe they're just uh putting on a nice polished public front even while getting three donked at home but uh I, I would like to see them not settle quite so much for the participation trophies at vnl yeah uh i would agree with that just I think, because, yeah, just because they're smiling doesn't mean they're happy. 
uh, you can bet behind closed doors, things are very different. Yeah, maybe. I, I definitely think that it's a cultural thing. Okay, I think we should move on to Wednesday's games because these were these were banger matchups on Wednesday. Four, I mean, basically eight. This could be the playoff field. Like it, it's possible that these eight teams that played each other on Wednesday, this could be the playoff field. And there were some great matches in here. We, we already talked about USA-Poland. That was a banger. Uh, Japan-Turkey uh, was a five-set banger as well. Uh, Japan kind of needed that win. Um, did, you see, did you see match point of this? I mean, it no, was, I didn't. It was 15-9 to nine in the fifth. It, I mean, the, it, the match was going to be over anyway. Japan was going to win. But there was a, an, an ace serve that Japan ended up getting that was inbounds by... About oh, I did, I, you see I did see that. That was absolutely Crazy. insane. So, so, so close. And given how potentially inaccurate some of the systems have been this year, that's a very, like, that's a questionable call, maybe. Well, uh, Bolt 6 is uh, Bolt six is the gospel, uh, according to the volleyball world. That's a, a number of the conversation that we've certainly had the last couple weeks. But good for Japan. Uh, Serbia, welcome back, Tiana Boscovich. Um, she helped Serbia pick up a three to one win over China. They, they needed those three points badly against that, a good team. Boscovic was awesome, twenty four for forty four. That win might be the savior for because had had Serbia not won that game against China, which is arguably their toughest game in in this week, they would have been done for right. Yep, so that that was, that was definitely the biggest win so far of their VNL really getting back into there against one of the top teams in the world. China slowly crawled, crawled them back. So I think they're in China's good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe fourth. Uh, I don't know why I just, just without, without Zhu Ting, I thought they're going to fall massively, but they've done a really fantastic job this year to, to continue to solidify themselves as as one of the premier teams in the world. Yeah. China's China's good. I think they have outstanding systems. I think they have way above average size, especially compared to the other East Asian teams. And they've got one or two arms. I think Li Ying Ying's really good. And I think they're pretty good in the middle and can block a lot of balls. So I, I also it's kind of the same thing as Japan on both the men's and the women's side. I'm not sure if I see them cracking into that like legitimate top five in the world, but uh, both China and Japan are going to make the playoffs. So uh, good for them. But yeah, Serbia needed this win badly. This was their toughest game this week other than the Germany game that's coming up tonight. And uh, had they not gotten three points out of this, their playoff hopes might have just been been out the window uh, with with three matches to play, but now they're they're firmly in that dark horse position, like we already talked about. Uh, so yeah, Boskovic was good. Jovana Stevanovic really good, ten for 16, 13 points total. Uh, she's great. Um, who else? Their outside hitters haven't been quite as good this tournament as certainly as compared to how they were at the World Championship last year. This yeah, one yeah. at this time it was Lozo and Busha. Busha wasn't very good. Lozo was fine. But uh, the, that that might be a, a position to keep an eye on for Serbia. But then I would like to spend some time talking about Brazil versus Italy because we were talking about it yesterday while we were doing the VNL draft. This match was finishing up, and people were were pointing out in the chat that I think Brazil was up. What was it, twenty, 20 to, 12 to twelve in the first set and lost? Yikes! That is really really not good there really for bad. Brazil. And I mean, I'm there's to me. There's something there needs to be there's something happening in Brazilian volleyball on the men's side, on the women's side. They're just not as dominant and they're not creating the same amount of players as as they used to be. And they're just not playing with that same consistency that they used to be like up 20 to 12. They gave up a nine to 0 run. It was 20 to 12 and it was 20 to 21. 
Who gave up a nine nothing against run? Italy's B team? <laughs> yeah, it, come on. If you had a gone like Aura, uh, Oro and Agonu out there, you know, really, really putting pressure on, and you got Bosetti playing good, good defense, then absolutely. But instead, you've got just a mishmash of random ass players and young players at that pushing, and like this is Brazil's team. Like this, this, this is their team. Like they, they don't have anyone else to go to. So the fact that this is happening for Brazil is a little worrisome. Yes, it's fantastic that they were able to pull it out in five, but they weren't able to get that job done today against Canada. So there's there's huge question marks for me around Brazil and continues to be so even in big wins when you have your best player scoring 25 points. I think Ana Cristina's absence is being felt in a big way for this Brazilian team right now. Yes. They'd be a completely different team if it was her and Gabi on the left side. And I also don't really understand why we haven't seen Julia Bergman nearly as much. Uh, if I mean, she started today but was not good. Okay, maybe that's why. Yeah. I also think that uh, not not to bury you about your draft yesterday, Everett, but I think we got to talk about the fact that Macris has just been bad. She, I, I don't think we have watched. I was, I was really in enough Fenerbahce Macris when I picked yeah. her, and she was fantastic with Fenerbahce. But she like today, I literally, I was like sitting in bed and just being like, "Why did I pick her?" Like, <laughs> just kicking myself. I was like. Why did I pick this waste of space? Um, She's been bad. And then who's the other setter that came in? Uh, Roberta Ratsky. Yeah, not good either. Like, what's it's, it's it's strange to see Brazil have a gaping black hole at the setter position. That's never really something we've seen from them before. I think we might see Brazil get upset in the first round. Hmm. Okay. I I, I don't hate that take. I think that's very possible. It's I also I, possible I, that they drop to like fourth or fifth, and they. Uh, wouldn't even be favored, maybe. It is possible, or it's possible that they're fucking Brazil and that they're just gonna turn it on. Um, and because we we see this, where just Brazil just turns it on and wins games in the playoffs for no reason. They do. They they do have Both that ability. And, and, and on the beach. Yeah, that, that's that's Brazil is Brazil, man. We've been saying it all summer. Uh, they 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 could. You know, they randomly pull a silver medal out of nowhere. You, you know it's not going to be gold because, like somebody said in the chat, uh, Brazil hasn't won, especially on the women's side. They haven't won anything major in a very long time, but they will routinely get to the finals and lose. So lots of silvers for what it's worth. Yeah, when in the last time that they, that they won anything? It's been a minute. I'm I'm looking at the numbers for for Italy's B team. I mean, I'm not not expecting to be impressed by anything here, but uh, I guess Brazil's not... women have have they never they've never won a world championship, really, ever. They've never won a VNL. Their last big win was 2017 Grand Prix. Okay, which was like the world league equivalent at the time. South Amer- yeah, South American Championships, I don't count. No, that doesn't count. That, that doesn't count. It has to be the FIVB. Yeah, last major win for Brazil was 2017 uh, Grand Prix. They, 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 won, won, they won the Olympics in 2012, didn't they? They did win the Olympics in 2012. Okay. That, that was the last one. Um, but we're not on the have not reached the podium since then. Oh no, never mind. They were silver at Tokyo. I, yeah, I well, yeah. We we clapped them in the finals in Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, back to this Italy Brazil game. I'm looking at Italy's numbers. I mean, they they did pick up a point here. We'll see if that affects the playoffs. Francesca Villani off the bench at outside, uh, tied for the team lead at 21 points. It's a player I really like. She's been good for Kieri the past couple of years, and I'm I'm liking watch her getting a sniff on the national team. I think that's cool. But uh, 
this is Italy's B team. I think what's really going to be interesting is Italy's B team versus Canada, like we've already talked about. And um, I'm curious to see how Canada matches up in the middle against Italy's B team because Danesi is really good. And I think Alessia Mazzaro is really good too. So Wayne Van Buskirk is about to go to Italy. And we've talked about how good Emily Maglio is. So uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah. Uh, Volani heading to Scandici for, uh, for next season. So that's, that's Dude, a nice Scandici's little... making a lot of moves. They got Britt Herbots. They got Anna Carolina. They got, they got a lot of people. They got Maya. Uh, they got Maya Onyanovic. Yep. Onyanovic. They have Andropova uh, as well. Lindsay Rudens. Don't know who that is. Yeah. And yeah, they have they have Carol as well. Haley Washington, Nwakalor. Like this is a this is going to be a good, uh, yeah. uh, be a, a good team, Scandici team, absolutely. And then finally, let's move on to today's, um, or uh, yeah, I guess we have already talked about t- t- today's matches. Some so, of them, uh, yeah, like we the I mean the Thailand versus <laughs> Turkey game ended just before the show started, so there isn't a graphic with the updated results yet. There aren't really any games here to talk about that we haven't already except for Poland versus Germany. I do want to talk about this game. It was an awesome five setter and it was last night in a window. And when I was actually able to watch it, I think it started at like 10 PM my time. So I actually watched the whole thing and it was great. Uh, Poland won 17, 15 in the fifth. Uh, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. Germany was good. They just had a couple swings to take leads in the fifth that they weren't quite able to put away in key situations. Um, your, I think Everett, your one really good pick yesterday in the draft was validated. Agnieszka Kornaluk was unbelievable. Dude, I've been saying like for a while now, she's been on, on my radar and I know she plays in Poland, like club in Poland where they don't necessarily get it. But like, I think, I think she's really starting to climb be one of the best middles in the world. Like, she doesn't necessarily pass the eye test. I agree. She looks slow. She looks like she looks just she looks like an up and down middle. You know what I mean? That's that's well like, said. She looks like an up and down middle. She doesn't move. She doesn't look like she can move that laterally that well. And like as a volleyball player, we all know those tall middles. It's just like you're not that athletic. You just move up and down well. She looks like an up and down middle, but I don't think she is. She's very like she understands her game. Um a lot, a lot like uh, the uh, uh, another Polish middle that she reminds me of is Mosdonek. You remember the? Oh, uh, I love Mosdonek, who used to be able to get blocks, get standing blocks, on the floor, standing on the floor. He was a guy who didn't try to do too much, didn't try to be more than he was, and he just played within his game. Agnieszka Konoluk reminds me a lot of Mosdonek in in that way, and I, I love think, that comparison. I think she might be a top five middle in the world right now. Hmm, that would be an interesting list to put together. Yeah, she was a force in this match, and she was straight up bouncing balls to the three meter line, and was a big blocking presence. Like her and Stisiak blocking next to each other is is straight it, up terrifying. Is straight it, up terrifying. Is 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 really big. But and yeah, I, we just saw it in the chat. The, the Discord has come up with a nickname for Agnieszka Kornaluk that I absolutely love. They've been calling her Lethal Barbie. Lethal Barbie. That's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> absolutely hilarious so i, I absolutely i love that so much and we're, we're that's that's what we're going to call her from now on <laughs> oh man someone needs to put that on a t-shirt yeah that's that, that's brilliant uh, because you're really like, like it. you're right like the, the, when she plays for chemic too she wears those pink knee pads as well yeah. oh lethal, lethal barbie awesome. oh man that's awesome that's so good yeah that's great 
yeah, so both Polish middles really good. A corner Luke and Jurczyk, both really good. Uh, Stisiak, 19 for 43, 22 points total. Yeah, I thought this was the, was the middles for Poland ended up making the slim difference in the end here. Uh, Germany was good. Uh, Lena Alsmeyer led him in scoring with 22 and at uh, the best efficiency of the wings. But another player that we talked about in kind of our honorable mentions of the draft yesterday was Camila Weitzel in the middle. She was awesome. Really good. 16 points, 11 for 19 attacking, an ace in four blocks. And she was their best server in terms of number of attempts. And I remember seeing, I, I called a couple of her games in Italy the, this year and last year and thought and noticed the same thing is that every time she went back to the service line, her team went on a little bit of a run. So um, got a shout out Weitzel. I think she was really good. And then uh, Struba, the other German middle, was also pretty good. She had 28, 20 serves. She made 20 serves in this one and only yep. two errors. That's big. Like those, those are those are really, really good numbers. And to me, she's just a, a big impact player. And not often do you see a middle be an impact player. You know, even like even I think of someone like Jovana Stovanovic, who it, to me is one of the best middles in the world. And like she kind of ebbs and flows depending on on what the match is like. But to me, Weitzel, and especially in this German system, they find a way to implement her so much. And I think they do a really, really good job. I really like Costner as well. I was they're, just they're about better. to say that I yeah. really like. Ka- Coster does a really, really good job at finding at finding her middles and especially finding uh, Weitzel, uh, and then also creating that that opening for for Orthman or for uh, Stiegrat or Osmeyer. This is a really, really good German team, right? They don't have like even when you look at Hannah Horthman, who's their best player, they don't really have that over uh, over uh, overextending athlete who's just going to blow you out of the water every single time. They're very much like USA where they take a workman approach. They've got a good, solid roster all the way through. They just don't necessarily have that depth. When you go, to me, if you go outside of that top seven for uh, Germany, you really don't have much else out there. Uh, Completely agree. There. They're similar to Slovenia. They're actually very similar to the Slovenian men in that way. Even, yeah, yes, even yes. the system that they play is similar because now they've got this three outside hitter thing going on. This time, Stigrot lined up opposite the setter. But uh, so she hit kind of all over the place, but she also passed the most balls. So whenever they can, they're hiding Orthman in reception. It's just like the the tactic that they used last night against Poland. But yeah, I think this German team is good. And we talked about their their playoff outlook uh, being a little bit fragile. But I actually think that they could at least get points, if not beat the United States in that last matchup this week, because uh, I think the USA might punt that game a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we Sorry, go ahead. I mean, the rest of this, the rest of the Thursday games, there's not really anything to talk about. I mean, no. Netherlands, three-dong Croatia, U.S., three-dong Bulgaria, Dominican Republic, three-dong Korea, Turkey, three-dong Thailand. Then we already talked about Canada's win over Brazil. So I think let's take a look at the rest of the week. Um, coming up tonight, the Friday games, Bulgaria versus Poland, yawn. Canada versus Italy, absolutely enormous. Enormous. Uh, what time that is, is that our time? Is that is that remotely watchable? No. Ooh, um, one in the morning for me. I don't know. Maybe I could stretch that one out. That's 2 a.m. Eastern. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, I do work tonight, so I will be up a little bit later. But even like 2 a.m. is is, that's is tough. a that's that's a tough one. Um, but I think this is the biggest. This will be the biggest match for Team Canada and the VNL this year for sure. Hands hands down. Um, I really really want to see how we play under pressure. Right, because I think we've done really well against teams that we're supposed to win against, and against teams that we're maybe not supposed to win against, or a little bit of the underdogs. You know, especially looking back to that to that Serbia loss, like or to, to that Serbia win. You know, that was a chance for 
uh, Serbia to get back into it and Canada fought back nicely there. But I think we're a better team than, than we were then, right? This team has been inconsistent, right? This team has been positively inconsistent, um, but there's still been a lot of inconsistencies in our game. And I think right now, the next two wins, which we have to go back to back with, or are, are potentially the biggest, right? This is this will be the biggest one, and this is our bigger, biggest opportunity right now to punch our own t- our own ticket. Everything is within our hands if we can win these games. So right. I'm going to be very, very interested to see how we respond emotionally and mentally to this match because there's a lot of pressure, right? There's, there's going to be a lot of pressure coming into this, and we, we're not used to feeling that right now. Right. So the, the, we want to be able, I want us to win because I don't want to become Thailand where we're just in that middle group, in that middle group of, of maybe competing. No, I want to be a contender and and tonight's a chance to do so. I, I love that. I think that's, that's, that's great analysis and a great outlook. And I don't think that Canada is in danger of becoming like a Thailand that's, that's stagnant and where they're at in the world because they've been getting Canada, the, can the Canadian women have been consistently getting better and better and better every year, every tournament. And there's some good, some good things happening in the pipeline as well, too. Like there helps. is some talent. There is some talent looking at Anna Schmreck, uh, looking at someone like Maddie Saris, who's, who's playing at, at, uh, um, at, at Wisconsin as well, or no, sorry, Indiana. Um, there's, there's a lot oh, of good Indiana. Things. There's a lot of good things. Oh, get, get out, get your, you know, Get get your uh, little regional rivalries out <laughs> out of the way here. No one no one cares about that right now. I do. Um, uh, there's a lot of good things, so I'm really excited for this women's program. But I think this could be a program defining win. Yes, it's really nice to beat Brazil. That's fantastic. But it's always easier to do when you're the underdog and no one really is, is, is really expecting you to. Now, like we're playing Italy's B team. Now this could be a program-defining win against against Italy tomorrow. I think it would be program-defining because of the situation, not because of the opponent. Italy's B team is, is extremely beatable. Absolutely. But that's, that's, that's more so like... You know, and I mean, it's funny Fair to enough. say that because you you were laughing at the f- the fact that we might be able to beat them just a couple of days ago. I think it's very possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can't stay up late enough to watch at least some of that. The other the other big one tonight, like we already talked about, is Germany versus Serbia. Um, Serbia needs three points, and Germany needs like a point. If Germany gets a point, <laughs> I think they're probably pretty safe. And if you're Canadian, you're rooting for five sets here. You're rooting for Germany, or you're rooting for five sets. So that's going to be huge. Oh, I'm I'm rooting for Germany all the way in this. Yeah, one. yeah. Just both 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 from my Canada position, but also just because of in general, I, yeah. I want to see Germany win. Absolutely. I'm also rooting for Germany because if Serbia misses the playoffs, that really helps the United States. That's that's way a, more that's fun. a yeah tough matchup for us. Yeah. Um, Netherlands versus Japan, not a whole lot of implications there. No, but I think it's going to be a good match. Could be. I think the the Dutch have really come on well, and I've I've really started to. I, I thought they were just going to kind of punt this VNL, but I think that they've really grown throughout it. So I'm inter- interested interested to see this one, and there's potential playoff implications. You know, if if Netherlands wins this one and they get like if Netherlands three dongs Japan and three dongs Canada, like or gets three points in both of them, like there's a potential uh, for the Netherlands. No, maybe that they would only get to six wins at that point and twenty points. I, I'm not sure if that would be enough, but uh, they they I agree with you. They have been playing better volleyball than expected, and it seems like they've cared a little bit more than maybe we thought. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, China versus Dominican Republic. Nah. Yeah. Dominican Republic will not make the playoffs. They also won't get relegated, so who cares? Uh, Brazil versus Turkey, normally an absolute an absolute must-watch game. Uh, actually, is at a decent time on, I guess it would be 
Saturday morning? No, Friday morning, yeah, Friday morning. North American time. Yeah, um, yeah 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Just like no Melissa Vargas for Turkey. Brazil is a little bit of a roller coaster right now and kind of in a bad way. So maybe that match won't quite deliver like it might usually. Still worth a watch if it's if it's convenient for your time zone. Yo, absolutely. I definitely think it, it, it it's worth a watch. I will say I'm a little disappointed that Turkey isn't listening to me and, and playing Karakurt on the left side regardless. <laughs> I, right? I, I did like that take, but I think they're uh, a little more short-term in their goals right now. Yeah, I mean, hey, I think that's a that's a bad a, a bad look, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay, uh, it's coming up on Saturday: Serbia versus the Dominican Republic. Yeah, should be Serbia is no problem. China versus Korea. Not going to talk about it. Italy versus Croatia. Not going to talk about it. Germany versus the United States. Uh, it is it's Germany's last match, but it's not the United States' last match. So uh, our strategy going into that might be uh, very interesting. I'm not really sure. Canada versus Netherlands is going to be enormous, like we've already talked about. Then Japan versus Thailand, I think that'll be Japan 3-0. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one has a lot more uh, at stake if you're a Thai and Japanese fan, just because two Asian teams, like two teams... They're both really similar in style, yeah, but exactly. Japan is, gonna is say. better in every area. Yeah, d- d- like Thailand is Lytle Japan for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um but I still think it's going to be a fun one to watch. Like I love sure. when there's two similar styles and there's the two very ball control styles. I think we're really going to see how far Thailand's dropped in this one. That's mm. that's like if if Japan can really just run away with it, that's when I'm really starting to worry about uh, about Thailand. Yeah. Then last but not least, Sunday to wrap up the tournament, Serbia will get a free win over Bulgaria. Poland will get a free win over Korea. Turkey will get a free win over Croatia. So don't watch any of those three games. United States versus China probably won't have any playoff implications, but that is a nice high-profile matchup. Italy versus Japan might or might not have any playoff implications, and Thailand versus Brazil definitely will not. So uh, really only maybe two interesting games there, but there's a chance that this picture becomes decently clear after Saturday's games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%, Hundred percent, without a doubt. Yeah, because Germany will be done, Canada will be done. If, if Italy, if Italy loses to Canada tomorrow, I don't know how much. Then this Japan Italy game goes really, really important for them. Mm-hmm. Like they need, they need a win just to stay alive and relevant. Right. So I, I think that's a pretty good summary. So uh, going to be a very spicy week. I'm very, very excited about this. Let's kind of put up the playoff picture one more time before we wrap things up around here. Really, anybody's game. We 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 think that China and Japan are probably in. I think that China and China and Japan are probably in. Uh, Canada got to go, got to get six points to have their best chance, and I think that's possible. Serbia got to get nine points to have their best chance. I think that's also possible. Um, Korea is terrible, and Croatia is getting relegated. I think that's a good summary. Yeah, absolutely. Also, big shout out to Bill Kabongo who just bought a shirt from the store. Hey, cool. Uh, so. Bill Camongo out of Ottawa. Maybe we met you when we were there. Very nice. Uh, so, yeah, hit up that volleyball.store, promo code SPICY if you want a little discount for some cool spicy volleyball merch. Make sure you find Daddy. Daddy has appeared. I can confirm. He has I mean, appeared. I hope so. The show's over. But but I'm not going to tell you where he was. And then uh, go give the new Spicy Veebs Instagram account a follow. Do it. And then the last thing is that a uh, programming note, our next show will not be on Monday like usual. It will be next Wednesday. So next Wednesday, July 5th, 
will be our next show. Uh, we'll we'll catch up. We'll take a look at the you know the the, play, the official playoff field for the women and uh, get you set for most of week three on the men's side. That's because uh, the VLA finals are Sunday and Monday this week down in Orlando. So if you really need to watch volleyball on Sunday and Monday, because there actually will be no VNL going on, if you want to watch that, hit up the VLA YouTube channel. And then the Tuesday is American Independence Day, so we will be outside partying and not talking about volleyball. <laughs> it is. So, can- on saturday so i will be outside partying beautiful and and not talking about volleyball although we do we do play on saturday morning so i'll watch that on saturday morning and then after that uh, i'll be done yeah you play you play at 6 a.m on eastern on saturday not great not great not great especially since the night we'll work the night before oh boy so yeah we will see you guys on wednesday next wednesday july 5th will be the next episode of the nine by nine enjoy the women's vnl get in the volleyball source discord uh, check out all of our links that are in the description and uh we'll see you on wednesday thanks for watching peace